my name's Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 473, and it's New Year's Day, sweetie. Happy New Year's Happy Day. Happy New Year. I want one of those things that go... Mrr. Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? A kazoo? Yeah. Uh, I think you're talking about a noisemaker. A noisemaker, but maybe a kazoo. I should have brought one down with me. Um, there's actually a bunch of songs on New Year's Day. Um, you're not going to play U2, are you? Uh, isn't there a um, Taylor Swift song, New Year's Day? Yeah, but that's, you know, about her relationship. But it's a good song, sweetie. True. Maybe I'll play it somewhere down the line All on this right. podcast. So this is going to be a different podcast. It's going to be shorter than usual, and this is why. Um, Kathy and I have this thing called Team Zen, and one of the foundations of Team Zen is we do these uh, things called Zen Talks twice a month. So what I decided to do is basically clip a few of the highlights of previous Zen Talks to give you listeners... Um, an understanding of what it means to be on Team Zen. Um, so, sweetie, would you explain a few of the other parts about being on the team and what you get out of it? Well, first of all, before I move on, how many Zen talks have we had now? Uh, Forty-eight, something like that. That's I don't crazy. Know. So, um, if you are on Team Zen, like Todd said, we have two Zen talks a month, and if you were to join Team Zen right now, you would get access to every Zen talk All we've ever had. Yeah. So you, it's like a bunch of podcasts. You know, there are people that join us on our Zen talks live on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So they're actually asking us questions. We're looking at them. We're having a conversation. We're having a discussion. Yeah. Um, but there's a some, video chat. It's a video chat. There are some people that because of the time of day, because we changed the Zen talks, that they can't make it to the live call. They just listen to it as a podcast on their podcast mm -hmm. app. So if you're on Team Zen, you don't have to be on the live calls, even though we love that you are. And yeah. Todd especially loves the live calls. But you can also just listen to it as a podcast. So that's the biggest part, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a private podcast app that you get for being on the team. So what most people have is they have their Zen Parenting Radio uh, podcast. podcast, and then they have the Team Zen podcast. Yeah. So and um, so what we're going to do, and uh, you'll talk in a second about a few of the other things, we're going to play just a you're going to hear a few of our actual teammates ask questions that they're either challenged by or need support on. Um, and I've gotten, I've got, I've been given permission from each of them to be able to share to this. To share so, this, yeah. And then you'll be able to hear us respond. So the other way, because we always try and get into different modes of learning on Team Zen, um, obviously that is our discussion and that is like our audio version and visual version. But we also have a Facebook page where we have conversation via writing. So we, a couple of things go on on our private Facebook page. Number one, people ask questions or they ask anyone if they've had experience in a certain area or any expertise or feedback. And Todd and I obviously share if we have something valuable to share, but the whole team, we've got about a hundred people, maybe more. Um, if they have experience or some kind of something to support or help, they write on the Facebook page too. So it's not just about Todd and I doing all the interacting. You've had, you've got this whole group of people from all over the world. Like-minded people. Like-minded people. Some of them with teen children, some of them with new babies, some of them with three children, four children, one child, like just, and from all over the United States and, and other countries too. Mm -hmm. um, so you're getting a lot of different perspectives. The other thing that we share on the Facebook page are resources. Um, we talk about books. We talk about other podcasts. We talk about TED Talks. We talk about movies. Um, and 
some of it is just like great quotes or, you know, does anybody have a gift idea for a five-year-old? You know, like it's just an interactive community where we're supporting each other, helping each other and lifting each other up. Like for example, um, somebody in our community uh, graduated from high school last week yeah, and she's going to go on to continue on with school. Um, and you know, the whole group rises up around this person. It's like, and for, we have someone in our group who unfortunately is going through a divorce right now and everybody's- And, and she's looking for some support. And everyone's rising up around this person. So it's just another community. And this is, you know, for all the challenges we have with social media and many of us have, you know, and we watch our kids have challenges on social media. This is one of the gifts of social media is yeah. having a community online. We also, if you're on Team Zen, you also get discounts on everything Todd and I do. Um, for You get a discount for the conference. Um, you get a discount for anything in our Zen store. And there are some things we do on Team Zen that we charge other people for, but we don't charge Team Zen. For example, we did a sex talk, um, like an audio talk, a sex uh, ed in the 21st century. And we didn't charge, you know, Team Zen, it's free. Yeah. We also, about two weeks ago, for those of you who know Debbie Reber's book, um, Differently Wired, um, we obviously talked about that book on our show a lot and we started discussing it on team Zen and Debbie Reber came and did a, you know, discussion with us. Yeah. She was our guest on our team Zen Zen talk. So that was something we didn't offer to everyone. That was just for team Zen. So, and it's continues to grow. There's things that are coming out of it that we hadn't expected, um, because we've got all these other people with great ideas. So that's just kind of the basics of what yeah. we offer with Team Zen. Yeah, and we just wanted to make sure, because I, I know if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard us talk about uh, uh, Team Zen, but th this, I don't know if this is going to be a 20-minute or a 40-minute podcast, but it's just going to be a bunch of like little highlights from previous Zen Talks, mm -hmm. and it gives you a better feel for what it's about. So here's the deal. If you are interested in joining the team, uh, you could go to the show notes, either from your phone or whatever, and click on uh, Team Zen, and it'll kind of further explain what it's all about. But we're going to do a special for the month of January that if you, we'll give you basically a free month just to check it out. We did this last May, and we do it every now and again just to make it easier for people to kind of jump in. Uh, so if you put in the coupon code uh, JAN, J-A-N, as in like Jan Brady, sweetie, Yes. But, but we're not talking about Jan Brady. We're talking about the month of January. Uh, you'll get a free month of being on the team. So we really want to make it easy for you to kind of take a deeper dive and, and actually really supporting us because it is 25 bucks a month. But the Team Zen is kind of the engine that drives what drives what Kathy and I do uh, because we don't, uh, you know, there's not much advertising that we do on the podcast. So it's just uh, another way of supporting us. And uh, it's a way to interact. And it's another way of, to interact with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have all, people from all over the country, all over the globe, really, that we have a woman from New Zealand. We have a guy from England. Like, it's pretty, it's kind of a cool thing to be a part of. Um, and it, and if you support us through Team Zen, it gives us uh, the ability to help us fulfill our mission, which is, you know, civility and empathic world, things like that. So um, 
we just wanted to kind of throw that out there. So anything else before we jump in? So what's going to happen is you're going to hear our teammate um, ask a question and then Kathy and I give our response and then we'll kind of fade it out and jump into the next one. So you won't get the whole answer because sometimes Kathy and I... We're uh, a little long-winded on Team Zen. Oh, we dive deep. We go deep. And that's the thing is it's so much different, even though people do listen to it audio, like an audio podcast, when you're having the live discussion, you can actually go back and forth. So there's... Uh, Todd and I get emails or we still get emails saying, I wish I could ask you this question and we could have a discussion about this thing. Mm. That's what Team Zen yeah. is. You ask us a question and we go back and forth discussing it. And it's not about finding... You know, you, you guys all know the show. It's not about finding simple answers. It's about viewing things through a new lens. Yep. It's it's an opportunity to see yourself differently and see the situation differently. And sometimes that's all the transformation we need. Um, and then there's also just basic resources. Try this, try that, practical solutions. Um, and a supportive community. That's really what it is. And and as you're heading into this new year, you know, here we are at January 1st. If you're feeling like, you know, this is something I really want to focus on. I want a different kind of community. I want a support system. This is available to you. Yeah. So um, hopefully you enjoy it. And... Um Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, and here we go with the first highlight. I don't know which one I'm going to pick, but listen up. All right. <laughs> Hi, Millie. Hi there. Sorry, I missed the beginning of what, uh, you know, of the Zen talk, so I, I apologize. Um, um, but having heard just the end of it just now, what if you have a child that's, you know, definitely not the oversharer? And I think I've asked this before, but her, her, her usual answer, the 11-year-old daughter, her usual answer to almost any question I ask, even if it's about the thing she just came from, is I don't know. And the I don't know has now morphed into, hmm, hmm, <laughs> is a grunt. Right. So any strategies, I mean, of course, I realize it could be not maybe at that moment, and then maybe I have to come, come back and ask the question later, but any other strategies to try to get a non-talker to talk? I have one. Okay. I have one that I have... And, and, you know, it's funny, Millie, because I don't know if this is a strategy or if it's something that's been helpful to me just to feel like I have a role in conversation too, so I'm not just the one receiving all the time, is I really mm -hmm. share with my girls about my day first sometimes and mm -hmm. not in a like, oh, dumping way. I'm not sharing mm -hmm. with them negative things. It'll be, you know, sometimes there's a negative thing, but it'll be something like, I went to yoga today and I saw your teacher. And then when I went to the dry cleaner, um, you know, I picked up your dress and they got the spot out and everything's good. And then your dad and I were able to have lunch at the place that, you know, I took you, blah, blah, blah. I'm making all this up right now because yeah, yeah. what I'm trying to demonstrate to her is I have an inner world and a life today too. And, yeah. and sometimes they don't even respond. Like sometimes they're sitting at the counter, like, you know, doing their homework, but yeah. I'm feeling like. I'm then having an interaction too. And as we always talk about, I'm role modeling that this is sharing your day. And, and then we'll, and then after that, like, did you have anything that happened today? And maybe they then have more of a lead on things that we're asking for that we really aren't asking for. Did you get a good grade today? Were your friends nice to you today? It's sometimes it's just really benign. Like, you know, I saw someone when I was crossing the street today and and because really that's all you're trying to do is start the conversation and then it may end really quickly and there's no way it's supposed to be. It's just, I think if we interact in it without needing something from mm -hmm. them, you know, you can, you can feel in a conversation when someone needs something from you. And if they're like, Oh, I don't really have anything to say. Or like you said, she's like, uh, then say, all right, say, you know what, 
what interesting thing happened to me today? And then just tell one story. Um, and my quick contribution to that is um, I'm still not very good at this, Millie and everybody. And that's sharing of my own day because um, my day, I think, from a kid's perspective, is really boring. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I sell rubber bearing pads to construction <laughs> companies. Like, that's literally my job. And um, I'm like, there's we no. We all need them. There's no. Yeah, you guys need them because you drive into a parking garage and you're going to be thankful for my rubber bearing pads. There's thousands in there. Oh, thank goodness. Um, anyways, but um, so I'm still working on this, but uh, I will say um, there's no way that we can expect our kids to open up to us if we're not going to open up to them. And so I'm working on it. And I'm, I, I don't talk to them about, I got a good order of bearing pads today, but I talk about a struggle I had with a coworker or um, a doubt I have in my own ability to you know, grow this market or whatever. So I, it's once again, it's role modeling, role modeling, role modeling. And I, and I would say to add to that, that you know, like Todd said, he, and I think he does a great job with them. I don't see you struggled with that at all. I see you tell them about your day. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving, maybe I'm too hard on myself, but I honestly, I'm like, yeah, my day was, you're going to find it boring. So I'm not going to say but it. But see, even that, like, I think that, that sometimes the things that are the most boring are the most interesting. Like, it's not about that we had this win and that we see, cause that's what our kids feel from us when we ask some questions is tell me something great that happened today. And, and you're not saying that Millie, I'm just making this up. But like, and they feel like they have to impress us with information. But what if we tell them mundane things about our day and then there's room for them to talk about their mundane things because life is just mundane things that happen. I get excited when I read a great article. I get excited when my iced tea is really good. I get excited, you know, driving in the car and a great song comes on. I get excited about a French fry. Like that's life. I don't have to have constant wins to be interesting, right? I'm interesting. You're very interesting. Oh, thank you. I get excited about multiple French fries. I would never get excited <laughs> about a French fry. And, you know, we talked to our daughters about mindful eating. And we have this place in Chicago called Portillo's. Actually, the Portillo's has expanded uh, to Florida and Arizona. If you get a Portillo's, then you should go. Yes. But I ha usually, they're so good. I usually put four in my mouth at one time. Four Portillo's? Four Portillo four, French fries. Four French fries. Four Portillo French fries in my mouth at one time. And meanwhile, I'm telling them to be mindful while they- You're like, listen. Listen. Listen, you kids. <laughs> and put down your phone while I'm talking to you. Yes. Wait, I need to text something. Exactly. So messy. I hate messy. It's so messy. It's so messy. We're going over to Kelsey. Okay. Um, who wants a follow-up about the old hole in the bread. Problem. Ooh, hole in the bread. Kelsey. Hello. Kelsey has holes Hi. in her bread. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, so I just, I, was that question on, maybe it was on um, the Facebook page because it maybe. seemed really familiar to me. But, okay. But um, when I, because I have an almost four-year-old boy and so it's a very familiar situation to me, you know, it, and of course the hole in the bread takes so many different forms all day long. And I've had kind of, September was a really rough month for me and it's getting a little better now, but just some stuff going on. And um, so I've had to realize like, okay, my patience is lower anyway, because I'm struggling with my own stuff. And so, but I think my question is really just like when I'm able to start to recognize, okay, it's, 
it's, I want to have the response that you, that you illustrated. And I'm so triggered that I can't have that response. Mm -hmm. So how, and I think I, you know, I know myself really well. I know kind of my list of things to do when I'm triggered. And sometimes, sometimes I'm the only one home or, or it feels like I'm setting limits all day long. And it's just, you know, when I hear this mom talking, it's like, I hear it's the end of the day and we know there's bedtime routine coming next and we don't want to get into this whole thing right before bedtime. And so I think I even, even just need kind of some reminders or words of support about when I know, cause I can feel like it's my threat response actually coming up. Like this is not a threatening situation, but it's, it's fight, flight and freeze coming up for me where I'm just potentially, you know, not able to have the nice, easy breezy, no big deal, hole in the bread yeah. <laughs> response. Because to me, I, something, you know, it's whether it's my young parts or my threat response, like I'm just freaking out mm. more than my kid sometimes. Yes. Yes. I hear you. Um, hey, Todd. Yay, sweetie. Do I always handle the holes in the bread well? Be honest. No. No, I don't. And so that's the thing is I, because I'm a teacher, I can talk about the ideal response, um, which is, this is not a big deal. And, and because my daughter's now 11, I could share the, the onions and the beans response. And I didn't have a response to that because she's older and I'm used to this and you know, she's older and I, it doesn't, it, she's not having a tantrum where she's stomping around anymore. Um, but I think it's very typical when our child is annoyed about a hole in the bread, especially when we've been driving them around all day and we went to the grocery store and we got them up and we've dealt with all these things and then they're pissed about a hole in the bread to be like, I literally can't do this. And to, you know, cause you already know this, Kelsey, recognize how it does feel threatening, not because you're literally being threatened, but because it feels threatening to your sense of self because you've done so much already. And that this small thing she's, she's having, or, you know, there's, or he's having such a reaction to it. And you want to be like, you have no idea the amount of work I've already put in or that this is no big deal compared to this, whatever the feelings are. I think that sometimes it's not about our initial response. It's about how we view our initial response and realize that we may initially not say the right thing and then know that five minutes later we can or that we remove ourselves and come back, or that the next time the hole is in the bread, we do it differently. And you may say, but the hole has been in the bread a lot, and I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling like it's every day, but your kids are still really young. You have one, Kelsey? One, yeah. And that's the thing is like, you're, you're like in the, you know, the, the, the warm up with all this, like where you're like, this is, um, I'm running because I'm pretending I'm in a race. Sometimes yes. my brain, I see pictures in my brain and I start doing things that don't make sense. Um, but you're like still, there's still a lot of practice and, and it, it has nothing to do with you. You're not good at it, but you, you're being exposed to it. Like once you've been exposed to it by the time they're 11 and they're still upset about the hole in the bread, you have a different response. You know what I mean? Because of their maturity and because of, but I want you to know that I have lost my mind about things like that. So my response hasn't always been good. The key is, the key to all of these things we talk about with being conscious and aware is recognizing that our response wasn't helpful and that I'll do something different. Because 
the, the challenge is when we say they shouldn't have been upset about the hole in the bread. That's the problem. They're the problem. They need to listen to me. That's where we get stuck. The I'm having a human response to this is totally normal. And then going back and saying and getting your kid and why they didn't like the hole or the hole in the sock or, and that's understanding, but you may not have done it perfectly the first time. Or when you do have a triggered response. Good to see everyone. Good to see you. Where do you live? Where are you from? Um, I'm from, I live in Arizona. I live in Cave Creek, which is outside of Phoenix. Nice. Nice. And is this your first Zen talk question? Yes, it's my second call and my first question. Well, we're very glad to have you and thanks for uh, chiming in. So what's on your mind? Okay, so I have a nine-year-old son and he's my only child. And um, so navigating relationships at school, it's a big focus for us, the emotional life at, you know, Mm -hmm. at school. And so... But what's happened this week is Wednesday, he came home and told me that he had cried at school because somebody had, one boy had told him to shut up and had later said, oh, Kyan's in our class, you know, as if that were a bad thing. Yeah. So that hurt him and he cried. And then Thursday, yesterday, he came home and told me that he had cried because really it's his ongoing nemesis, I think, at school, Um, had called him a moron and um, had also insulted his soccer skills, which Mm. that's what really hurt more than the moron. Yeah. So he had cried as well. Um, He talks to the teacher, the teacher addresses it, which means it's a band-aid's put on it. Yeah. And so just looking for maybe confirmation or ideas of how to support him in those moments, because a few things come up for me. One, he could just be downloading his, the bad parts of his days because he just needs to download it, get it out. And it's really maybe not that big of a deal. Right. But like crying two days in a row, I mean, I feel like I will have a conversation with his teacher before or after school. But so my approach, I guess I wanted to discuss like approaches. So it's definitely listening, not problem solving. And then Um, Also helping with perspective taking, like, gosh, he must really be hurting because when we hurt others, it's usually because we're feeling hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, So helping him understand that, but just also trying to recognize, is this typical childhood experiences? Mm -hmm. Like kids are just kind of mean and say mean things. And I don't know, because he is an only child. The reason I bring that up also is because he doesn't have a sibling Mm -hmm. who he teases or gets teased by we don't name call (laughs) in our house so he might be more sensitive to it he always has been sensitive to people who yell teachers who yell yep things like that so okay so that's kind of it there's a lot more but I'll leave it at that and see if there's any suggestions on best ways to support so he can get it out get it out, but don't stay stuck there. Okay. So that's the other part. Let's not stay stuck there. And it feels like sometimes he's often revisiting it. Yeah. He goes back to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is he crying with you and at school or is it one or the other? Only at school. Only at school. And then how does he present it to you? How do you find out about it? Does he tell you about it? Yeah. Usually during pickup, like when we're driving home. 
and is he's he, telling me about it. But he's not, is it matter of fact or is he pretty sad when he's telling you? Total matter of fact, like, oh, Dylan or Devin did this today. Interesting. Like, wouldn't you know it? We can expect this again, you know? But the crying is kind of new. Well, and, you know, as you know, you listen to podcasts enough. Um, our society, our culture, basically, you know, what, what your son is doing is taboo to the traditional masculine makeup. And I'm trying my best to create a culture that it's, you know, crying at school is one thing, but he's expressing his feelings and that needs to be validated. I know you're doing this, but, um, and this is a strength. This is one of his strengths. He has the ability, like I don't have that ability as a 46 year old man who's trying his best to express his feelings when they come up. And I would just um, make sure that he knows that obviously as he get older, he gets older, he's gonna have to start discerning, but he's nine years old. He's what, fourth grade? Third, but he's oh. in a third, fourth grade class. It's multi-age, so he's with fourth graders. So he's in a third grade class. I mean, I remember crying when I was in fifth grade until society grabbed me in sixth and seventh and eighth grade saying, don't do that or else you're going to get killed at school. So he's in third grade and he's releasing these emotions. So I just want to make sure that, in my opinion, just make sure that he knows that it's a strength of his that he is so sensitive because as a, as a man, as a boy, we think there's something wrong with us because uh, vulnerability equals weakness to a lot of people. So I would just make sure that you encourage that. And then it seems like a lot of it stems from this nemesis. And really, if you can somehow help him understand that this is the, what I, what's the nemesis's first name, you know? Devin. Devin. These are Devin's issues. These are not your son's issues. And maybe create some separation. Like just because Devin, whatever, calls him, uh, what did he call him? A moron? A moron. Calls yeah. him a moron. And, you know, it's, you know, and honestly, in, in boyhood, that's not very extreme. Does anybody like being <laughs> called a moron? No, but it's not like he's getting thrown up against a locker either. So, um, you know, this is kind of, sadly, there's a lot of, you know, dads out there t telling their sons that it's, that's, that, that strength is power, that they're morons. So yeah. um, those are my two cents. Now I'm going to let my sweetie. Um, no, that's, that's really good. And I, I think to answer a few, a few of your questions, is this typical uh, behavior in childhood? Often it is. And I don't mean like, oh, this is great, normal and enjoy it. It's just, it is very common, especially in third and fourth grade, I think is when obviously there's people who have experiences in kindergarten first or later. But I, I think that around third or fourth grade, there is a starting, uh, because of the way their brain development is going, they start to want to differentiate between themselves and others. Where when they're a little younger, there is a little more like everybody blends. And then all of a sudden around nine, 10, 11, especially into pre-adolescence, they, they're noticing, they're differentiating. Um, and so that's why there's a lot of kids that start pushing other kids away or, or name calling or blaming. And you're, you're exactly right by saying to your son, and like Todd said, you know, these are Devin's issues. The one piece I try and bring back around with my girls when I'm doing the empathy thing, um, and I'm saying, you know, can you imagine how much pain Devin is in, how he's struggling? And then bring it around by saying, but I don't like that he takes his pain out on you yeah. because you want to finish with, not just, oh, let's stand in his shoes, but you want to finish with, okay, let's stand in his shoes and I got your back. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't like that at all. And I don't think that's okay. There, 
there really isn't a lot of ways, like you said, to solve it. I, I'm glad the teacher's on it, even though it's a little band-aid-y. Um, when things have happened, actually something just happened with Skylar a couple weeks ago where, like you, I emailed the teacher, not to say, um, not to tell her to solve it, but just to let her know that, you know, Skylar had voiced some concerns about something. So, um, you know, just to kind of say, I'm on it too. Let's be on it together. Um, you know, mm -hmm. let's recognize this together and, you know, just be a team mate with the teacher. And also, you know, your son. Um, I started sure. to read in this one. Okay. And I think I can pull that up now. Okay. Um, do you have any suggestions on how we can help our sixth grader with his time management skills regarding schoolwork? He's naturally a very bright child and has always done well without having to put much effort, but now he appears to be rushing through his work so he can maximize his free time after school. He also has been forgetting some assignments, but refuses to write them down in his planner or look them up online after school as he claims he always remembers them. I feel that whenever we try to help him with this, he pushes back and asks why we don't trust and that he has it all under control and there is uh, nothing to worry about. We have pretty much been hands-off parents since school has begun with regards to checking up on him. We ask if he has finished his homework and when he says yes, we believe him and let him do his thing. But after conferences last week, and receiving his grades, this does not appear to be the case. Mm -hmm. Any suggestions on where to go from here? That's really interesting mm -hmm. because I was going to tell her what to do and it sounds like she's already doing it, which is be hands off, let him kind of figure out his own consequences and all that. And it's, I sounded like maybe she was being maybe a little bit overly controlling, but it sounds like she's given him the space to um, deal with this. And now they went to parent-teacher conferences last week and they're realizing his grades are not as good as she thinks they should be. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question, if she was on the phone, and I know she's not right now, is what does it mean that he's, is he getting Fs? Is he getting a D? Is he getting a B instead of an A? I think some of those are some of the nuances. And I also think regardless of the grade, the shift is in the how he's perceiving your, um, in how, you're, how he's perceiving your involvement. And, there's a difference in being told what to do and having a partner that supports you. Okay. Just those words. Think about, you know, think about someone in your mind who's telling you what to do, who's looking over you and that get the energy of that, feel that for a second and now feel that versus a partner who supports you. That feels good. So sometimes with our kids, with stuff like that, instead of coming in and saying, I'm going to have to look at your work every night now, I'm going to oversee everything you're doing, I'm going to watch what you're doing, I'm going to check it off, you can be really honest with, I went to parent-teacher conferences, I know you think that everything's being turned in on time, but here's the interesting thing, the teacher um, let me know that some things aren't, and so I want to know how I can support you and be your partner in this. What would help? What could I do to help you? Like, could I get a board that you can check things off? Like, really what we're trying to teach our kids to do is do it themselves with our support, mm -hmm. not lean over them and watch them do it and tell them, I'm going to make sure you get this done because that's not really teaching them anything internally, right? We're just saying, I'm going to force you to get this done. What we're trying to do is offer them some tools. Like I remember my niece um, when she was around fourth or fifth grade, she was really having a hard time with organization and she didn't like it when my sister told her how to organize either. So my sister just got a whiteboard and put it at the front door and had some items that my niece could either mentally or physically check off with an expo marker. Got this, got this, got this. 
Now that may be too simplistic and he, he may say, I don't want to do that. That's fine. That's just one idea. I'm not saying you have to do that, but there is a sense of how can I be alongside you rather than tell you how you're always doing it wrong. It's, it, that's the shift. I'm less concerned about the grades than about the, the relationship. Sweetie, Rose wants to know if you have language examples for these same tools for younger kids. Uh, language examples for um, which part? I think it's like the natural consequences and not controlling, but at the same time checking in. You know what? I do. I do, Rose. I, um, I would talk about how it has nothing to do with their age. How no matter what age you are, we all need partners and friends and loved ones to support us. That we don't get, it's not about being in first grade. It's about that in life, what we do is we, we, we take responsibility for ourselves, but we also ask for help and we depend on other people. And so that, you can say that to a kindergartner, you can say that to an eighth grader, and you can say that to a senior in high school. Um, you know, something like, and again, all my daughters are very different, but one of them who doesn't like to ask for help, what I always say to her is I kind of joke around about it, but I'm like, you know, what, what planet are you from that you don't need any help? Cause I do, mm. you know, like, and I joke, I'm, I don't disregard her, but I'm like, where did you, where'd you get the information that you weren't supposed to go in and ask the teacher? Or why do you think that that's something you're not supposed to do? And sometimes she has a story like, well, I kind of feel like the people who are in line aren't as smart or, you know, the people who go in and ask for help, they're struggling. And I'm like, well, that's a story you made up in your head. Sometimes those are the students who are doing the best in the class. Mm -hmm. And so it's really questioning their own judgment of themselves and other people. Um, I feel like I want to ask Helen a question. Helen, do you mind answering a quick question for me? Can you hear me? Yeah. I, you, yeah I'm, eating, I, I I'm eating grapes and you said that that seedless grapes taste different from non-seedless grapes. What are you talking about? Yeah, apparently we do. <laughs> Does one taste better than the other? Uh, yeah, the ones with seeds taste better. Is it so much better that it's worth the trouble of spitting the seeds out? No, you just have to crunch or swallow you them. You eat them. You eat them. You eat the seeds? You eat the seeds, yeah. That's Why crazy. <laughs> I bet they're good for you. I bet they're good like... They're good, like fiber for your body. It's proper fiber, yeah, insoluble kind. <laughs> so if you learn nothing else today, everybody on Team Zen, eat the seeds in your grapes. I didn't know I could. I <laughs> thought that would be bad. I'm not recommending. <laughs> Hell, it's like, oh no. <laughs> Maybe not. just the odd seed. Just not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will agree with you in that, and I know people will probably disagree with me on this, but. I think that watermelon with seeds is better and not because I like to eat the seeds, but I kind of waterless water. Um, what is it called? Seedless watermelon to me. Waterless, there's water, not a lot of taste. Water, waterless watermelon wouldn't taste very good, I sweetie. Um, and think about how many seeds are in a watermelon. Like a lot. When God, if you believe in God, made the watermelon. The, the universe. Let's say universe to make everybody content. When the universe made watermelon, she, I like to call God a she, <laughs> She's like, let's just put like 152 seeds in here. And same as strawberries. Like all those little things are seeds, right? Right. But like in a banana or an avocado, they're like, eh, one's good enough. Right. What's up with that? Well, that's people, right? Some people have, you know, a million things that are that they can do. Some people have one thing. What's your thing, sweetie? Um, Talking? I, I can think deep. You like to read a lot of books at once. You know, yes. You're being very like... Um, 
provocative awesome. today. Like you're bringing up, like you talked about porn. Now you're talking, you're talking about <laughs> God. You're talking, why are you pushing I'm just trying buttons? to keep, I have an allegiance to the truth. Okay. So anyway, you know, one thing I will say to all of you as um, <laughs> we're, <laughs> See, when we do a podcast, I can be like, erase that, please. We never erase anything. There has been, in history, there's things you've said where I've been like, erase that. We've done 450 shows. How many times have you told me to erase Maybe something? like five, but no, I, like and Todd always gets mad, and he'll be like, that's just me being me. And I'm like, okay, I'll get all the emails about how it's inappropriate and how you're not but understanding. But if I'm saying something mean, they should email me. But who do they email? They email me. You guys all love Kathy more than They email, no, nah, it's not about that. I just get the email saying, Todd, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know. Is that what they say? They Todd, say, the blah, 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 blah. Okay, so okay, one so other thing I want to tell you guys. Good. No, it's, it's really continuing the question about the homework. Um, and I, I really like the idea of natural consequences and homework's all about teaching the kids how to organize themselves, how to do their work, and so that they learn. But the school quite often relies, and they actually say this, they rely on the, on the parents to organize the kids, which seems to me completely self-defeating because what's that, you know, I know how to do my homework because I did it when I was in primary school. So how, how, do you, how do you deal with that when the kid just gets thrown a lot of, they get so much stuff that they can't organize themselves mm -hmm. and it's actually beyond their developmental mm -hmm. age to do that to get so organized think about the future to plan the days etc and it's you know um i think it's in is it fifth grade third third grade in the u.s mm -hmm. um and they get about half an hour to 40 minutes of homework a night for four days a week which for me seems a, a lot um, so it's, it's, you know, where do you, where do you draw the line there? And, you know, even pushing back on the school and saying no, cause I, I think some parents like they do find it too much, mm. but, um, do you have any advice about that when it just seems to be the school that are, um, expecting too much for the age of the kids? So if I can kind of like summarize your question is what do you do when your school, uh, the school has certain uh, set of expectations and you as a parent has maybe a slightly or a really different set of expectations. Would that be a fair way of kind of summarizing it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think okay. I, I'm going to mute you and maybe we'll bring you back. Hang on. Um, well, a few things. I know, first of all, I know my aunt is a teacher and a principal. Are there any other teachers on here? Um, Okay, so I'll give my perspective. And Peg, if you have any perspective on this, I'd love to hear it too. Um, I think that there's, there's two ways for me to look at this, and it's going to sound paradoxical with what I just said before. It's going to sound like it's conflictual, but I think both can happen at the same time. I think one thing that I tell my girls a lot is that, um, which some people don't like, but that school is, is a game and that you kind of have to learn how to play the game and that every classroom and every year is different so it's not a, the same game every year that's why some years seem like a breeze it's an easier game and some like right now uh my daughter has uh one of my daughters has a teacher that's really tough and she knew going into this year that she was going to have this tough teacher and she's angry because last year well every year she loves this subject it's math 
and she loves math and she's mad that this teacher is making math difficult and expecting so much from her and change she this teacher changed the game <laughs> she literally changed the game and how because the expectation is different the you know what she's looking for is different what she's trying to get her to do in the classroom is different it's not what my daughter is used to she spends a lot of time being sad about it being bummed about it talking to us about it and we always listen I, I never say to her, oh, you're wrong. She's right. The game changed. The best advice that we can give to her is let's figure out how to play this game the best we can and get all the information you can from this teacher. And I know this sounds like I'm getting away from Helen's question, but I'll, I'll go back to the homework thing. We have to remember that all teachers and everybody in a school, the principals, they're all human beings. They're all people. And if they're hearing from parents in a in a supportive and loving way, non, not a demanding non, non and cruel way. Yeah. That their child needs something different or that could you give me more information so I can help my child do this? 99.9% .9 of teachers, that's why they went into the profession. They want to help the kids. They want to support the parents. Um, and I think a lot of times because teachers get busy, it can be very easy for them to say, parents do this at home with them, get this done. You know, but if we go in and say, could we, could we, you know, talk about what's being asked of my kid and can we have some like reset buttons or some different things we can do as long as you as, as the parent are willing to kind of initially set that up, you know, and again, that's a lot of work up front with having the discussion, maybe having the, the conference with the, the teacher, but there's nothing that's set in stone. A lot of times we try and look at the school system and even I do this and I'm like, oh, the school system's so screwed up. But within the school system are individual teachers. And even though going back to my daughter, I'm all over the place here, but even though this teacher is known for being difficult, even though the game has changed, even though you know my daughter's upset about it, this is still a human being that she can interact with and maybe figure out if she can play the game. Maybe not as an A student this year. Mm -hmm. You know, she's used to getting A's. Maybe she'll end up with a B. I mean, and these are the places where we stay out of it, where we're kind of like, you just, what we're looking for is for you to do your best. Same thing when our, if the teacher is sending home a lot of expectation of the parents organizing the kid, um, you know, to your example, Helen, I feel like if we see that we're just like doing reports for our kids or we're like, this is completely not manageable, we, we have to discuss with the teacher, not tell her she's wrong or that he's wrong, but like, what are some other ways I can help get my child organized? Because I feel like I'm, I'm flailing and I'm doing the work for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm. Um, so Sarah has been sitting, I know it's getting close to the end, but Sarah literally asked a question at 1230. Okay, let's answer. And she has an infant with her. Hi. And I want to see who this is. Who is that young person? <laughs> this is Gwen. Hi, Gwen. How old like is Gwen? Four and, a half four and a half months. She's almost five months old. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for your patience, Sarah and Gwen. <laughs> Look at Gwen's hair. I know. Oh, she's got a killer you. do going on. Yeah. <laughs> Rocking the Mohawk. She is. Um, I have a question. So I have three kiddos, um, almost five, a two and a half year old, and then Gwen. Um, and I feel like I can be so mindful about my responses, my reactions, you know, responding versus reacting. Um, and then I hit like a patience limit. 
Right. Like my patient limit is like, okay, like I can feel it in my blood. Like I'm about to like, I don't like to, but like I will squeeze my daughter's arm really hard or something because I'm like, like, I'm just, I'm going to lose it. And I, you know, and so I've tried, you know, I try running into my bedroom to get away from them to take deep breaths, but they follow me and they're loud. You know, I'm in the car with them and I can't get them to be quiet. I crank up the music. Like I I, sometimes I just don't even know what to do. Um, I guess I'm looking for, I know, and I know this is not something that's going to, I know this is never not going to happen again. And I, you know, I'm just trying to find better ways to deal with it because you know, and the self-care is huge. I do so much better when I'm going to yoga, when I meditate, when I can get outside. I, I, I feel like I'm doing those things, especially now that I have three kids, like those are super important. And a lot of it is like the lack of sleep is yes. huge for me. You know, when I'm like exhausted, it's like I wake up and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I'm just looking maybe for I don't know anything. <laughs> I do. I, I, I have something to say to you, Sarah and Gwen. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the thread that I'm hearing through all these questions, everything we've talked mm-hmm. about. Is this idea that I'm feeling this way and I don't want to be feeling this way and how do I not feel this way? And, and the, the turnaround is what if when you feel that way, there is, in, in, oh, what's sad. What if there is a recognition of, oh my gosh, here it comes. Cause like you said, Sarah, you can feel it in your body. You know, it's coming. The patient shut It's almost like the water's almost gone. You know what I mean? Like we only have so much and all of a sudden the water's being poured out and to acknowledge that even to say it out loud and start that conversation. Now, you know, Gwen may not fully understand it with words yet, but your other two, you can actually say to them, I really don't have anything left. And so we're, you know, and when you are in the car and when you are stuck, then instead of fighting against the feeling, you accept it. And again, this sounds like a really simple cliche thing to say, but it's been so helpful to me because the thread that's run through Jen and in what Aaron said and the initial question that, uh, that Carney had is like, there's this feeling, or especially coming off of the conference, like Amy Rose said, you know, and you're like, you go to a conference or you read a book or you know this stuff, but then you do something wrong. And, and are you doing something wrong or are you just going through normal human emotions and you're, you know, suffering, the definition of suffering is not accepting what's happening. It's thinking it should be different. And so when your patience is gone and you're tired and you don't, and everybody's driving you crazy, you think to yourself, I should be better instead of this is really normal. Do you see what I mean? And then you don't add on that layer of shame and you don't add on that layer of suffering. You're still going to be impatient and tired. It's not going to salt. You're not going to be like, I'm in joy now. It's just, I accept this and that in itself is a practice because like, you know, here's, you know, I'm gonna talk about Jen for a second. She's been in her house for however many days and she's beating herself up thinking that she should be rising above a situation that not many humans could rise above. Do you see what I mean? She, she's like, I should be doing this better. I should be better. Or Sarah, you're like, I shouldn't be getting frustrated, but you are. So what if you, and again, this is a practice in itself, you know, because my words are one thing. It's another thing to be like, okay, I'm impatient now. What does it mean to accept this? 
It doesn't mean now I get permission to yell or now I get permission to be harmful. It's I get permission to not be perfect. And I get permission to take a deep breath and say to my kids, not now. I can't, I don't want to play and I don't want to read. I can't do it. And, but I will be able to do it once I have some time. Well, and I would say in those moments, my advice is going to be more practical. My guess is if you're on Team Zen, you're probably a pretty good parent. That's my guess. I don't think there's many neglectful parents on Team Zen. Mm -hmm. And I also think that a lot of parents on Team Zen hold themselves, hold themselves up to a very high regard. Or high and, standard. And they want to be the perfect mom or the perfect dad and one that doesn't exist. And I don't know what your thing is, but I, you know, I would say do what you have to do in that moment to get by. And if that means putting Gwen in a crib and letting your kids go watch three episodes of Sesame Street in a row, then let them do, do that it. because you're not helping them that much when you're just saying, well, I can't let them watch too much TV because then they'll be addicted to it. Like you tell these stories. So I would just say, give yourself a break and, um, don't think too hard and don't parent from five years from now, my kids are going to be damaged if I let them watch too much TV. Cause in this moment I have nothing to give. So you got to do what you can to get through that moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm going to let her just, uh, any comments, feedback, Sarah? No, I, I think that's really helpful to, to have that kind of maybe that, those words to, accept this yeah you know I, I guess that's in me somewhere the asness of you know like Dr. Shapali says the asness of it um is really helpful so I think that's a good reminder for me um yeah I yeah that's it's funny you mentioned the tv thing because I normally with my oldest daughter would have never let her watch tv like ever and now <laughs> And now it's like, oh, it's part of the routine. Like, mm -hmm. mom's got to get ready. Yep, show, put on a show. You can do it. You know, like, uh, so I, I think I'm, I've, co I've come a long way <laughs> in the last five years. Um, and 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 the other aspect of it is too is like I don't want to wish these little years away. These, yeah, these the mm -hmm. young years that I have with them. Um, but at the same point, I'm like, this isn't forever, <laughs> you know, like they will be older, but then I'm thinking, ah, greater, bigger challenges. So it's kind of like, Good. thanks. What do you got for us, brother? Um, so I, I had a, I mean, I guess I'll run you through the situation. I, um, I have a 15 year old daughter and she's dating a 17 year old, uh, uh, boy. So she's a freshman. He's a junior. He drives. And, um, by the way, I had, uh, I had knee surgery last week. I'm, I'm doing great, but I'm, I'm not fully mobile. Um, so which plays into the story and why I share it. Um, so on Thursday night, my, he, the boyfriend came over and my daughter said to me, we're going out for dinner. And I said, well, it was like nine o'clock. I said, that's late. And she didn't eat dinner because she said she'd eaten all day. And I said, okay, fine. No problem. And she said, we'll go get ice cream. I said, where are you going? And she said, I don't know. I'll text you. I said, awesome. So her, her curfew is 11. And so she, I don't even, we don't even have to discuss that. She knows she'd be home at, at 11. And um, she sent me a text 15, 20 minutes later, said she's at a, at a restaurant. And I don't know, I just got this weird feeling like something's not right. So I actually have a tracker where I can see her phone where she is. Her mother is, is out of town this week. So I pull up the tracker. And she's not at the restaurant. She told me she's at her mother's. She's at her mother's house. Um, 
So I immediately started calling her and I was like, um, you know, she didn't pick up. I probably called 10 times and finally, and I'm not even really supposed to drive, but I kind of was like, I'm a dad. I'm not, I was 15. I was 17, you know, and I'm like, I'm getting in my car. So I drove over the, the boyfriend's cars parked there. All the lights are off in the house. Mm-hmm. I honk on the horn, you know, a little head pops up in the window, um, you know, and then, yeah. And then she comes walking out. I just wanted to get my clothes was the first story. And so the stories go on and on. Um, I said, and they both came out and I was very tempted to obviously like lay into both of them, but I didn't want to say anything to him. So I just said, Tessa, I'm really disappointed. Get in the car, Darius, have a good night. And we drove home and I processed it. And I said, look, you're grounded for the week at least. Um, I'm taking your phone and, you know, and, um, and we're going to think about the, this is going to change all the rules. Well, so I work with a parenting coordinator and I even said this a lot. So I'm obviously her mother and I are no longer together. And so we work with a parenting coordinator. I sent the next day a, a message to the parenting coordinator saying, this is what happened, laid it out. The message that I got back was um, basically I told Tessa she could go to check on my cats. That's all she was doing. You disturbed my neighbors by honking. Oh boy. I, I'm, yeah. And next time I'll call the police. That's what in the message from, from her mother. And she told Tessa that you did nothing wrong. It's okay. And where, where I've gotten with my daughter at this point, because then it gets into debate of what was going on in the house. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, look, I'm going to be real. I was 17 years old and I was 15 and I don't want to hear this about you. But anyway, I took it from that back to um, you lied. You told me you were at a restaurant. You weren't. So let's just stick with that. I mean, what was going on in the house? you're 15, it's not appropriate for you to go to an empty house without any adults, with your boyfriend, or frankly, even by yourself, necessarily, depending on stuff. So it's, I was completely undermined from mom, and it's very frustrating, and I've tried to kind of stick my ground, but then there's like negative comments over the last couple of days, like I'm getting punished for nothing, and things like that, where I want to lose my shit. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of like not doing that, but it's been a struggle. So anyway, I just wanted any other experiences, um, feedback on, you know, if anybody's dealt with that kind of situation where, and this isn't the first time, um, you know, things that I can do. And what I've tried to do is just say, be the best dad I can be. So, um, wow. A lot to unpack. Right. Do you want to start or do you want to? Let me start. Okay. Um, there's two completely separate situations. Mm -hmm. Tessa, your relationship with Tessa and how you dealt with it. And then being undermined by your former wife. So let's start with Tessa. Um, as a dad, I can under- only begin to imagine, you know, our brain starts coming up with scenarios of what's going on in that house to your precious young daughter. And the fact that you did not lose your shit is I think, uh, I just wanna bless you and honor you for that. Yes, me too. Because- um, That's hard. I, don't, I, I would hope to respond the same way you did. There may be a few things that I might be different, different but, the big picture is I think I would have handled it similarly. So I first want to say that, um, and we can unpack, you know, with Tessa, but I want to move over to your former wife. Um, you don't, I don't think that you can have any control over the rules that Tessa has because you guys share custody, correct? Half and half, give or take. Okay. I don't think you have control over the way your former wife, uh, parents, 
Tessa. You only have control over what the rules are when you are there. So I feel like uh, you can drive yourself up a wall because you want to do it this, you want your wife, your former wife to do it the exact same way. Or and, honor. Or, or yeah, or respect one another. The bottom line is it doesn't seem like you may be granting the respect her way, but she is certainly not granting it your way. And that is tough. So I first want to say that that is not an easy thing to do, but to really just focus on what you have control over, which is how you choose to parent your daughter. Uh, because I think you can kind of go sideways really quick by trying to control something that is uncontrollable. So I want you to jump in. Well, and I want to also say the um, that I think you did great because like you said, you, <laughs> you know, you kept it together in the most difficult moment. Um, and I will also say that just to kind of validate you as a dad <clears throat> and like as someone who made the right choice, Scott, it's not about what happened in that house. It's not about whether or not she had permission to feed the cats. She texted you and said she was at a restaurant and she wasn't there. So that's the only thing you need to focus on. When, when she's saying, I'm getting in trouble for something I didn't do, say the only thing I'm focusing on between you and I, Tessa, is you said you were going one place and you weren't there. And so regardless of what happened in that house, regardless of your relationship with Darius, regardless of what your mom said you could do, where you told me you were, you weren't. Now, why that's a struggle for you and I, Tessa, is because I, when you, know, when you and I talk and you go out in the world, I just trust what you tell me because that's our relationship. I, I, you, know, you tell me something, I honor it. I tell you something, you honor it. Now that's been shaken, not broken. Mm. And, and I want to say that to all the parents. We do a lot of things like we say things like the trust is broken. It's gone. It's, a, it's not gone because then if you say it's gone, then there's no hope. Nothing there, nothing right? to build on. So it's you, you damaged it. It's been shaken. It's been, um, it's confused now, our trust between each other. And so why I'm, I'm focusing on that is that then you can be clear when you're having conversations with her about you, there is a straight line. You said you'd be here. You weren't there. That is why when you're with me, you're grounded this week. Or when you're at my house, we're going to have certain rules, you know, that may be different. Or maybe, you know, I'm dropping you off there. Or the truth is, as Todd said, with, you know, with your former wife and with Tessie, you can't really control them but you can be clear about your value system. You can be clear about, I know that I'm not angry at you because you're with a boyfriend. I'm not angry at you because you fed the cats. I'm not angry at you because I'm getting back at your mom. This is just you and I straight line. I, I get a visual of it. Do you know what I mean about like the clarity? I think sometimes our kids don't know why they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. It's be very easy for our brains to kind of go in 80 different directions and Tessa's going in 80 different directions. Right. She's like, oh, mom told me this and, and you don't like my boyfriend or I'm making all this up, Scott, but you know, you don't, and say the only reason, Tessa, that you and I are struggling right now is you told me you'd be here and you weren't mm -hmm. and that's, that's it. What if, well, let me be Scott for a second. What if, uh, should Scott ask about what happened in that house? I think that's a conversation not in the heat of the conversation. Mm -hmm. the, the thing, and again, you know, Scott, this could take us down a whole path, and I don't know what, um, you know. Lindsay, iPhone, good old iPhone. Good I old love iPhone. iPhone.
Kate, Megan, Mimi, Patty, Peg, and Sean. And I'm sure more people will be jumping on. So uh, that's the dealio. So okay. here, you ready for the first question? I am. Um, there was a question, fostering gratitude in young children, how to navigate present disappointment on birthdays and holidays. She doesn't mean present time. She means presents, gifts. Oh, present disappointment. Got it. Thank you. Today, my son's sixth birthday, and he's already disappointed. He can't open all his gifts uh, first thing before school. Sure. So what I would say to that is that's kids. I mean, they're learning patience, and they want to open their presents. There's nothing wrong with that. And when I say that, what I mean is there's nothing wrong with your child for wanting to open their presents first thing in the morning. They're so excited, um, and that's completely developmentally appropriate. Now, your decision to say, actually, we're doing presents today at three or we're doing presents when your siblings get home is completely appropriate also. And their disappointment is completely appropriate also. I mean, there's no, there's no problem in there. The, the only problem would be is if, you know, I guess if a big argument came out of that. But I think sometimes, you know, your question is, how do you foster gratitude? Really young kids, it, it, they develop that over time. A six-year-old's not going to understand, I should appreciate all these presents and be kinder about it. Mm -hmm. They're much more black and white. Mm -hmm. They really haven't even developed abstract thinking yet. So you can develop gratitude by reminding them after they open it to say thank you, to write thank you notes, maybe to do FaceTime with someone who they you know got a gift from or to you know say thank you to the person but you this isn't concerning well can i tell you a story i remember i was like seven years old and um i it was my birthday and i wanted to play outside i actually didn't want to open the presents i was like no i was probably like five or six it was young and I my so close to you that my grandma gave me a Batman, a t-shirt, and it had a Batman on it. And I loved Batman at the time, uh -huh. but I was so mad I couldn't keep playing with my friends outside. I hit it out of her hand. Ooh, ouch. And then my mom got mad at me. Uh, but the bottom line is, uh, it's very normal. Yeah. And I turned out to be a productive human being, even though I was a little twerp. Well, in that moment, and the thing is, is I think sometimes we get afraid when our children have moments of not being grateful or not having patience, and that's just a part of their developing brain. It doesn't mean we don't say something about it, but I think as parents, we can look at those as moments that we can build on rather than a definition of their character. Well, and the other thing I'll say, and it's like a broken record, but uh, the way you cultivate it in your children is for you to practice it yeah. and role model it. Yeah. Uh, because I was just coaching a client this morning and he's hasn't, he was having some problems with a family member and his family member is awesome. But my, my client is just focusing on the one or two things that are not awesome about that person. So focus on the positive. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. You good? Yeah. I think, and not to say that that question is important because I think we do get caught up in these things. Like, I think we do have a moment of, oh my gosh, my child's not being patient. What do I do? What's wrong with them? And I think sometimes when we recognize this is fine and we need to have a conversation and they will be disappointed and they might cry, but that's part of the learning. That's, you know, and, and can I slide in there? We can also be less rigid and maybe say, of course you can open one present. Mm, there you go. You know, like with my girls, I don't, we don't really set a time. We're just like, when do you want to open them? And of course the older one wants to wait till the very last minute because she wants to know they're there. And the younger one wants to open one right away in the morning. And, it's age here. And, and we you know, actually age. don't uh, get our kids a lot of presents because we have family members. One of who's on this call. My Aunt Peg. Showers them with gifts to the point where if these kids <laughs> get any more stuff. 
it's too much. Well, they, my family and your family is very lovely about yes. being good to our kids. So it, so we don't have to be. Sweet. <laughs> All right. So hopefully you enjoyed uh, these highlights of the Zen Talks. If you're interested in learning more, uh, click on the hyperlink to this podcast that says Team Zen. Uh, we are doing that giveaway for the month of January. Just enter the coupon code JAN, J-A-N, and uh, you'll get a free month of uh, being on the team. So hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, we will catch you all next week. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the support us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime, you choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More, more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft, from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios.